0: There's no turning back now. Hunter Biden is not going to be able to call on daddy to help him get out of this one. At least I don't think so. You got Representative James Comer out there now telling the Justice Department, guess what? You got to turn over the records of all those women, all those women that were going back and forth across state lines to perform various services, shall we say, for Hunter Biden? We'll get into that. Boy, this is quite a story. Lots of breaking details on this coming to you at this moment. Meanwhile, the Democrats are getting what I'd like to call a, a reality check. Is that is that what we should say? A reality check because that Minneapolis city council person who is out there saying defund the police, unfortunately, got a really really rude awakening of what a city looks like. With no police. I'll tell you what happened to her and her children. And um, fortunately, she she made it. But we might have made a conservative out of her on this one. Look, I'm sorry, but they are so desperate right now to find somebody to run other than Joe Biden that there's now talk of Michelle Obama. As in, yes, that Michelle. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is the live edition of the Trish Regan Show. We're going to get straight to this breaking news, but I want to point out portions of the program are brought to you by our very good friends over at Legacy Precious Metals. If you're worried about inflation like I am, if you are worried about making sure the integrity of your dollar is still there Two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, take a look at diversification. Part of the diversification could include gold. 1 866 589 0560. That is their number, number, legacypminvestments.com. Okay, things just got worse for Hunter. I mean, like, we knew they were bad, we knew he was bad. We knew he was up to no good. We know about the money right now, right? I mean, I I think it's fair to say that at this point, it's not even allegations. I mean, the IRS knew that the guy wasn't paying some two plus million dollars of his taxes. And they knew that all this money was coming from these various foreign sources. And they knew that he wasn't registered as a lobbyist, as a as a foreign lobbyist as he should have. The other thing that they knew, and that just hasn't gotten a ton of play and it's pretty sorted and all that good stuff, right? Is that the money it was going it to well, various habits, including apparently drug habits and women habits. And that's a nice way of saying, you know, he he was engaging in in prostitution or escorts. At least that's what the allegations now are. And according to that laptop, it's kind of ugly stuff. Anyway, Representative James Comer, he wants to get to the bottom of it. He's now pressuring the Justice Department, everyone. He's telling the Justice Department, you have to give us this information. You've got this information. We need to know this information because actually those women may be victims. They may be victims of trafficking, right? So fair point. In other words, there's something called the the MAN Act, which is a pro, prohibition on interstate prostitution. And so if, as the allegations go, women were in fact crossing state lines to quote unquote work for Hunter Biden, well then You might be looking at this violation of the Mann Act. This is according to the whistleblower, Joseph Ziegler, who said this back in June. It's just that, you know, I think everybody's been a little bit distracted and there's been a lot going on. And, you know, first he had a plea deal and now he doesn't have a plea deal. Now he's going to get indicted. Well, now the House Oversight Committee is saying not only is he going to get indicted, apparently, yes, by David Weiss, but we want information on this because you guys have a list of all the women and we want to talk to all the women. And they should come forward and say what went on. You know, it is a crime, hello, to do this. In fact, this is what they got Giselle Maxwell on. Remember Epstein's lady friend? They got her, and she went to jail for 20 years because she was effectively engaging in that sex trafficking by having these women cross state lines. So, Hunter is going to have a hard time now. I mean, again, we'll see what happens because, you know, you get some powerful people in some very powerful places, but all of this is coming out and it's going to get worse. I mean, here's some of it. Gary Shapely gave you some understanding in his interview with the CBS news reporter, Jim Acosta. Here it is on morning television, because, hey, this is this is what we talk about on morning TV these days, right?
1: Harry Shapley was a lead IRS supervisory agent in Operation Sportsman. The investigation into Hunter Biden. Shapley said he uncovered conduct that warranted more serious charges. There were personal expenses that were taken as business expenses. Prostitutes, sex club memberships, hotel rooms for purported drug dealers. How much did Hunter Biden owe in taxes? So from 2014 to 2019, it was $2.2 million.
0: a lot of money. And what's amazing is, it, you know, again, you don't have to take my word for it. That's CBS CBS News, place I used to work, actually. The guy's a pretty decent reporter. I know him. Gary Shapley. he's a whistleblower who came forward a whole, all kinds of strange things around that because nobody wanted him to come forward. And the other guy did as well, Joseph Ziegler. These are people that were not political. And by the way, we're not Republicans. But they're saying we've got to actually see justice be done here. And every time you turn around, somebody was there with a roadblock. They didn't want David Weiss seeing the FT-1023, that form that actually included an interview with a highly credible, confidential source, a, a source that had worked for the Obama administration. And that interview included this person saying, well, actually the head of Barisma, the guy who owned the company, he did a deal with Joe and Hunter Biden currently for $5 million each, according to this highly credible source, human source, there was a deal and the CEO and the CFO were both aware of it. And there are some 17 tapes of Joe Biden negotiating this thing. Now we're told none of the money went directly to Joe. This is again, a courtesy of the FD 1023 form that they tried to hide from David Weiss For goodness sakes, thank goodness Congress is in there. I give James Comer a whole lot of credit because all of this has to come out. I mean, it's like layer after layer after layer after layer. And he's right. You know what? The kid could get 20 years in jail. That's what Maxwell got for her Jeffrey Epstein sex trafficking stuff, crossing state lines. This indictment is coming. And this indictment actually ought to be looking at all the financial crimes, all the sex crimes, all the drug crimes. I can't even believe, I, can you believe we're having this conversation and we have to talk about this. Unbelievable stuff. But this is what it is. I mentioned the FD23, 1023 form. It was fortunate that Chuck Grassley got his hands on it. Otherwise, we wouldn't even know. So they're trying to hide things at every single step of the way. Well, maybe some of these women will give us some information. Here is... The whistleblower talking with Mr. Comer, Representative Comer, about this whole FD 1023 and how they tried to hide it. They did hide it from Weiss and the rest of them. Here we go. Twenty
1: three. But I provided a supplement after I saw open source information from the former Attorney General Bill Barr that said that he saw this this document and they sent it to Delaware for further investigation. And uh, the, 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 the team, as far to the best of my knowledge, never saw that document. So the team that was in charge of investigating the Biden family for tax crimes never received the FBI document that alleged Joe Biden was involved in a bribery scheme? You know, for the IRS investigators on the case, the answer is no. Is that, a, is that odd? I mean, everybody knew you were investigating the Bidens for at least
2: tax evasion.
1: Generally speaking, if there's any types of money coming in and there's an, a criminal tax investigation ongoing, I don't see how that inf- information could be withheld from the investigators. And I, and I can tell you, and I can pr- provide this in my testimony, but, like, there is things that are contained on that document that could further corroborate other information that we might be having an issue Corroborating because it could be regarding a foreign official. So, if we have information regarding that in a document or a witness, we can further corroborate later evidence. And, like I said, if that's something that we have, we can turn that over to the House Ways and Means Committee. Thank you. Thank you.
0: But they just wanted to hide it. That's what that was all about. They had no interest in providing those IRS investigators with any of this information. That's your FBI for you. How do you like that? Well, anyway, Joseph Ziegler the whistleblower, he said that it is his believing, he said this back in June, this is part of his testimony in June, that Hunter had women crossing state lines to work for him, which is a violation of the Man Act's prohibition on interstate prostitution. So this is about to get really, really ugly. And yet, oh, you know what? Joe Biden, he's defending his son like you wouldn't believe. Here he is about eight weeks ago.
1: First of all, my son's done nothing wrong. I trust him. I have faith in him. And it impacts my presidency by making me feel proud.
0: Whatever. Real proud. I'd be, I'd be real proud of that kid. Anyway, come on. Come on. I mean, this is, this is going to be one of the biggest stories of the decade. I mean, they had the dossier, right? The, the dossier, the Trump dossier, which they built up to be some big, big thing. And it turned out to be nothing. Absolutely, positively nothing. It was all fake. And this stuff That is real, ladies and gentlemen, that laptop, which was real, the FD1023, which was real, the bank documents that are real, the 170 suspicious activity reports filed with the Treasury Department by Hunter Biden's various banks, including six major U.S. banks, all of that is real. And yet that's the stuff they tried to tell us was misinformation. That's the stuff they don't want us reporting on. Go figure. I mean, it's the crime and it's the cover up. Most definitely. I mean, the guy didn't even have the decency to tell his son. I'm talking about the president now that you've got to register, buddy, as a foreign lobbyist. If you're going to go collect money from China, Romania and Ukraine, you can't do that. You've got to be an expert
1: in knowing the guy. And he was the guy that was the expert in knowing the guy.
3: He was an expert in
1: knowing the guy.
3: And who was the guy he knew?
1: Uh, well, he knew a lot of people, but obviously yeah. there was some familiar, you know, some, his brother, his father, uh, yeah. uh some of his, his father's siblings. So he, he knew a lot of people and, and obviously I know you're pointing to, you know, the father being the key relationship.
0: Yeah. That would be the big guy. Okay. So Hunter Biden, the screw up establishes a business when his dad becomes vice president and then he's going around the world with his dad, by the way, riding on the fancy planes, courtesy of you and me, U.S. taxpayers, to go over to China to round up business. This is despicable, okay? Despicable stuff. His dad knew he was doing that and never even said, hey, kid, you know, you got to be properly registered for this stuff. And then you got the Victor Shokin thing. I really think that this is going to get so bad, so bad not just for Hunter, but for Joe Biden himself. I don't see how he stays on. I mean, maybe that's their intention. Maybe they cut a deal with Kamala. We're going to get to that in a second because they're talking about Michelle Obama running. <laughs> Heavens, if I were Trump, I'd rec- just welcome that one. I'd, I'd welcome Kamala or Michelle. Like that, that, that's, they're both pretty beatable. Put them both on the ticket. Heck, anyway, Victor Shokin, he said he, he thinks his firing definitely was related to all this money, the bribery money, the protection money that was going to Joe and Hunter Biden, allegedly.
2: And Zlochevsky, who at the time held the post of minister and was the founder and CEO of uh, Purisma, started bringing in people who could provide protection for him. Hunter Biden was uh, among them. And the corruption network expanded as a result. So, yes, to answer your question, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Burisma was engaged in illegal activities. Devin Archer said you were a threat to Burisma. Do you agree? Yes. Yes, I agree.
1: Why? Because you were going to find out what they were up to?
2: Well, because he understood, and so did Vice President Biden, that had I continued to oversee the Burisma investigation, We would have found the facts about the corrupt activities that they were engaging in that included both Hunter Biden and Devin Archer and others.
1: What corrupt activities did you suspect they were engaged
3: in?
2: It would take half a day for me to discuss every single count, but uh, I can say that Burisma illegally produced, sold, and utilized gas. Vlokhevsky, the founder of Burisma, uh, recently made a plea deal with the prosecution in a case where he was accused of giving a $6 million okay. bribe, and, and so this which is on. the kind of money that you don't just give away if... Um, you're not really engaging in anything illegal. So okay. he's, uh, so
0: he's he... making this allegation that they were doing this illegal stuff. I, I have a feeling he's right. Barisma is a now defunct energy company. It, it's been, as he just explained, proven that they were engaging in all kinds of bad stuff and sort of illegally trading energy. What's interesting is that there was also a Chinese company that is now defunct that was doing some fancy stuff as well. And that guy who ran that company, he, he hasn't been heard of. We haven't, he's, he's disappeared into China. We don't know what happened to him, but he's the guy that gave the, the diamond to Hunter Biden at a dinner in Florida. Lovely. I mean, so all kinds of gifts. They're not declaring that stuff. And Joe Biden's so proud of his son and, and then says, you know, how can this be true? Because if, if there was all this money, which by the way, there was, like I've seen, Some of the bank records that have gone forward to the House Oversight Committee. And heck, you don't even need to look at the bank records. Just look at the 170 SARS forms, the 170 suspicious activity reports that Treasury turned over. That's a lot of suspicious activity reports. That stuff is not like that doesn't really happen. And the fact that nobody stopped it. Wow. And yet Joe Biden's out there saying this as though just to mock the entire thing
1: where's the money i'm joking mr, mr. president to a bunch of malarkey
3: mr president
0: what are you yeah bunch of malarkey come on uh, there's some there there okay and this is a story that is getting deeper and deeper and i guarantee you we're gonna learn some really bad stuff we're gonna have to have me saying words that i don't really want to say on camera <laughs> I mean, they're already showing it on the morning news, network news, but these are things we'd rather not talk about. Interesting that it's all going you know, around with these energy companies, right? You get China's energy company, you've got Burisma over there, and now we're spending all this money. In fact, Tony Blinken, our champion secretary of state who just can't spend enough – Gosh, I mean, what are the latest numbers? $125 billion. Actually, total U.S. support, commitment of $135 billion by the end of the year. That would mean that we, we've actually spent more in Ukraine or will have spent more by the end of the year than we will have spent in Afghanistan in 20 years. Just Just to keep the numbers in perspective, right? I mean, I know inflation's bad and everything, but come on, guys. Anyway, here he is, and he's pledging even more money and how he's so committed to actually the whole green energy thing in Ukraine. Huh. Listen, and I I know he's boring, so we're going to keep it short, but but listen to a little bit of what he says.
2: ...conference held in London a few months ago. I pledged that the United States would invest more than $520 million in making Ukraine's energy infrastructure, more than half of which has been destroyed by Russia, cleaner, more resilient, and more integrated with Europe. We're making new investments to enhance the transparency of Ukraine's institutions and to bolster the rule of law so that Ukraine's democracy is even more responsive to the needs of its people and can attract the private capital needed to rebuild. Come
0: on, you expect us to believe that? I mean, Joe Biden is the one that went over there and was like, okay, I'm doing this big speech. on like, let's stop all corruption. Well, in the background, he's like, gimme, 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 allegedly, allegedly, gimme, gimme, gimme. I mean, he's like, gimme, 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 yeah, and I'll get rid of Shokin for you. Admitted it in a big speech there on stage with Richard Haas from the CFR, Council on Foreign Relations. And now Blinken's up there saying, okay, we're going to give another, what, billion dollars? He, he just pledged a, a 500 and something at this London conference. Again, total number $135 billion dollars by the end of the year. And they're going to put it into now green energy. I wonder who's going to get those contracts. And then they're going to stamp out by corruption because I guess the only people that are going to get those contracts are the ones that are greasing the bureaucrats. Some, I mean... There's all kinds of stuff going on there, for goodness sakes. I mean, just look at how many people they've been through. there in the defense ministry in Ukraine. They keep firing their head of defense and deputies because of graft. This is how it works. And apparently that's how it works here, too. It works that way here, too. And, you know, they're talking about, well, we're going to need all this reinvestment. They're going to need reinvestment because the country is being destroyed because of war. They're going to need investment in green projects because for god's sakes i'm sorry they've now got depleted uranium weapons that they're sending to ukraine i mean you want to talk about toxic stuff for people and the environment for goodness sakes
1: for the first time will include depleted uranium munitions this is a military aid package going to ukraine it will include depleted uranium munitions, that is according to a U.N. official. With me now is Deputy Pentagon Press Secretary Sabrina Singh. Sabrina, great it's to see It's all fine, you. according to and Sabrina. Look, these depleted uranium rounds, they can pierce armor plates like those found on tanks because they're made of a highly dense metal, but they are mildly radioactive. So what do you say to those who suggest, A, this is an escalation in the type of weaponry being sent to Ukraine, and B, what about the environmental concerns?
3: Well, thanks, John, for having me. It's great to be with you. Again, I'm not going to get ahead of any um, announcements that the Pentagon hasn't made yet today. But what I will say is these rounds are standard it's use out. in the tanks that um, not only the U.S. uses, but that we will be providing the Ukrainians. And if they are included in the packages that um, are coming forward in the coming today or in the coming weeks, we have absolute confidence that the Ukrainians will use them responsibly as they fight to take back their sovereign territory uh, in, in the east and the north as well.
0: Wow. How's that for a song and dance for you? We're so convinced they're gonna be so responsible. It's just like they've been really responsible with all US taxpayer dollars. Wake up. Wake up. We know what this is. This is this is industry. This is business. I mean, look, I, I don't even wanna get into the the I would just say this: like, look, it shouldn't come to this, right? Like it should never ever come to this. We we ought to have better diplomatic channels. We ought to do a better job conveying a message so that Putin doesn't think that we're trying to take over Russia. I mean, if Putin were right there in Mexico, or China were right there in Mexico, I think we'd be kind of freaked out, right? Why don't we have a more diplomatic way of approaching all this? Why does it have to result in people dying and everybody making so much money? I mean, think of that. Everybody's making money on this. It's an industry, and I'm telling you, for the sake of the world, that industry needs to change dramatically. By the way, if we're not smart, we're going to get caught totally left behind because the industry is already changing. China's way ahead of us. They don't necessarily have to spend $135 billion to protect a place like Ukraine because, you see, they are embedded into our country with technology, technology and social media that helps to tear us all apart. There was a report from Microsoft today that the folks over at the Heritage Foundation highlighted, showing this, saying that there are all kinds of super spies, effectively, and AI mechanisms that China's using to pit us all against one another. In other words, they're moving forward into modern warfare, where we're still like, okay, well, let's make money off of, This Ukraine situation, we found a group of people that are willing to fight and we're giving them, I mean, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. And do not forget for one second, it's costing us all money. The Democrats do need a reality check, a big one, both on Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, on Ukraine spending, and then on our border and our, well, lack of, law enforcement. So there's a woman out in Minneapolis who was really, 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 really anti-police. Okay. She's from, a, what was her party? The, the Democrat Farmer Labor Party, whatever that is out in Minnesota. She was demanding that they dismantle the Minneapolis police. Well, this is her as of yesterday. Let me show you her picture. Sad to see. This is her because something really, really bad happened to her. And I'm going to tell you in a second, in her words. But before we do, let's go back to to when this whole movement was going on. Let's go back to this and read what she said. This is Sharathi Sathanandan. She said, say it with me. Dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. It has systemically failed the black community. So it's time to build a new infrastructure that works for all communities. And again, this is her today, and she's singing a very different tune. Let me share with you, in her words, her posts on Facebook. She wrote, Yesterday my children and I were violently carjacked in the driveway of our home in Minneapolis. Four young men, very young men, all carrying guns, beat me violently down to the ground in front of our kids. The young men held our neighbors at gunpoint when they ran over and tried to help me all in broad daylight. Look at my face in the picture. Look at my face. She says, this is the face of a mother who just had the, you know what beaten out of her. A mother whose only thought was let me run far enough and fight hard enough so that my kids have a chance to get away. This is the face of a mother who just listened to her four-year-old daughter screaming nonstop, her seven-year-old son wailing for someone to come help because bad guys are murdering his mama in his backyard, her neighbors screaming in outrage, all while being beaten with guns and kicked. I have a broken leg, deep lacerations on my head, bruising and cuts all over my body, and I have rage, she wrote. These men knew what they were doing. I have no doubt that they've done this before killing mothers, giving babies psychological trauma that a lifetime of therapy will not erase with no hesitation or remorse. She said, I'm now part of the statistics. I wasn't silent when I fought these men to save my life and my babies, and I won't be silent now. We need to get illegal guns off the streets, catch these young people who are running wild, creating chaos across our city, and hold them in custody and prosecute them, period. Look at my face. She writes, remember me when you were thinking about supporting letting juveniles and young people out of custody to roam our streets instead of holding them accountable for their actions. And then this is, this is really something. She said, you, you could have been reading the obituary for me and my children today, but instead I'm here to write this. Look at my face. These criminals will not win. We need to take back our city, and this will not be... The last you hear from me of this. And then she goes on to thank the Minneapolis police officers that saved her. I mean, let's look at her face, okay? (sighs) This is reality. You can pretend all you want, that you don't need law enforcement, that you don't need borders, that you can... Tax everyone and redistribute their money. You can pretend this all you want, but this is reality, ladies and gentlemen. And this poor woman just found out. I know a lot of people want to laugh and they think it's sort of, you know, like funny. Oh, what do you know? I, I read that and every time I read it, I tear up because she's, she she went through hell. Okay. But people shouldn't have to go through hell to realize that we live in a big, bad world and people are, are not all nice. And as much as we want to believe that everybody can just hold hands and sing kumbaya, you know what? It's a tough world out there. It's a tough world. And if you don't have people such as the police protecting you, it's over, okay? It's over. And so this is the reality that's catching up with them. And the faster... The faster, the better, I guess. But it shouldn't have to come to this. I mean, come on, get your head out of the clouds, for goodness sakes. You got the mayor of New York City now realizing, huh, what do you know? Maybe we actually do need borders. And now the ladies on The View are actually realizing that maybe you can't just have open borders. They don't want, you see, they don't want migrants in their city. They're like, leave them in El Paso. I mean, unbelievable, unbelievably wrong. But here's Eric Adams. I've played this for you before. He just came out this week and he went off and he said, New York City is going to be destroyed. You bet it will be. You bet it will be, Eric. And you know what? The whole country, too.
3: support. And let me tell you something, New Yorkers. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see and ended to. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. You bet it will. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. One time we were just in Venezuela. Now we get Ecuador. Now we get Russian speaking coming through Mexico. That's what now happens when you have no borders. Western Africa. Now we're getting people from all over the globe have made their money that this. they're gonna come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. And everyone is saying it's New York City's problem. Every community in this city is going to be impacted. We got a twelve billion dollar deficit that we're going to have to cut. Every service yeah. in this city. You know what? Is going to no one that wants that. to live in New
0: York City anymore. All Anybody with money has moved out.
3: And so I say to you, as I turn it over to you, this is some some of the most educated, some of the most knowledgeable, probably more of my commissioners and deputy commissioners and All chiefs that education. live in this community. You can't
0: figure this out.
3: So as you asked me a question about migrants, tell me what role you played. How many of you organized? to stop what they're doing to us no you can't how many of you were part that would be against the democrat party's mandate this mayor is trying to do and they're destroying new york city it's gonna come to your neighborhoods all of us are going to be impacted by this i said it yeah
0: all of us will be impacted by this This is a live show, and I'm looking at some of your comments. I I see someone joining us from El Paso, Texas. You heard me just mention El Paso, Texas. In other words, this is his idea, like, just let it stay in Texas. It's Texas's problem. I'm sorry, we're a country. And if Texas is part of our country, we protect our borders. We don't allow this. And Texas has every right to send all of these people anywhere. Send them to the sanctuary cities. And you know what's going to happen? The sanctuary cities aren't going to be very happy about it. Maybe the Democrats are starting to figure this out. The ladies on the View, they're starting to figure this out, maybe because it doesn't play in Peoria, as they say. Listen to this. Here's The View this week, and we're starting to hear something slightly different because you know what? They don't want it in their backyard. They're known as NIMBYs, not in my backyard. Here we go. But frankly, you know, I think we need to find, and, and we've dealt with this before, I, I lived in uh, in Miami, I was a migrant, an immigrant in Miami in the 80s, you'll remember when we had the Mariel boat lift, yes. uh, 125,000 Cubans yeah. came in a matter of six months. It puts tremendous stress on, on, on a city, on a community, on the social services. They need to be resettled elsewhere. They need, right? to, they need to be out. Re- we're this Spra- massive
1: yeah. country. It's only going to get worse
0: with global warming and climate change because people can't live in certain parts of this It all comes back to climate change and global warming with joy, of course. You know, I should probably I was trying, well, how, how do I deal with this one? I can't disagree with her. So let's just make it about climate change. I'm sorry. You know what? Get a clue. Get a clue. Unless you want to go in and take over all of Latin and South America and demand that they pay taxes and say, okay, we're one big happy country. The truth is, you are the United States of America, and that doesn't include Mexico. And it doesn't include Venezuela or Ecuador or any of these places. It is the United States of America, and we have a border. And if you're going to say, come on in, it's Texas's problem. And then you freak out when people show up in the likes of new york city or chicago or martha's vineyard i'm sorry we're not falling for that here is a woman in chicago who is not happy we've seen this now a couple times this week coming to us out of chicago residents furious as they should be i don't want them there take them someplace else or send them back to venezuela it's a little hard to hear she's saying i don't want them there this is wrong it's wrong 73 percent of the people who She's pointing out that there's a very high percentage of black homeless people moving into the Lakeshore Hotel for six months. And the migrants, how do you like that? Get six months of a hotel stay. I mean, hey, why not come to America? You get to live in in a hotel for six months, rent free. I will say this. These lousy policies, they're catching up to Democrats just like that. Minneapolis woman is, you know, having a a moment of truth, a moment of realization, a moment of crystallization as she realizes that her city is out of control and yet can't live without the police. The Democrats are suddenly saying, Okay, we got a border problem. Apparently this is kind of an issue. And you know what? Our constituents aren't very happy. And they're picking up on this in part because when you look at the polling data, I showed you the CNN one that just came out. They're freaking out. The Democrats are all freaking out because guess what? Trump could very well win. I mean, very, very well win. Biden just has to keep on doing what he's doing, which is squat. And Trump will win. So they're freaking out about that. But what are they going to do? Oh, they're looking around. They're looking around. They got Gavin Newsom, disaster out in California. But they're like, okay, he's younger Biden's really old. That keeps coming up over and over again. I mean, people don't even know if he can make it until 2024. So this comes up. Of course, then you have that little Kamala Harris problem. I've mentioned that before because there are going to be a lot of black people that will say, oh, well, she's black and she's getting overlooked. There'll be a lot of women that will say, oh, she's a woman. And she's getting overlooked. Let me just tell you, reality check here. The reason she'll get overlooked if she does is because she's a horrible politician. It has nothing to do with being black, has nothing to do with being a woman. The woman is just actually bad at her job. And not very smart. And not very hardworking. I mean, has she still yet gone to the border, for goodness sakes? Anyway, they're they're circling the wagons around Gavin Newsom thinking maybe he could do something. And he is trying to deflect that. You know, he doesn't want to ruffle any feathers. Here he is with Chuck Todd.
1: Filing deadlines haven't passed. President Biden doesn't run. Why shouldn't we consider you a likely candidate? Well, I think the vice president is naturally one lined up, and the filing deadlines are quickly coming to pass, and I think we need to move past this notion that he's not going to run. President Biden is going to run uh, and looking forward to getting yeah, elected. Right. Uh, I think there's been so much wallowing uh, in the last few months.
0: He's so not going to run. Fact, uh,
1: but we're gearing up for the campaign. We're looking forward to it. I, I under you know, but. You hear these calls. Chuck knows he's not going to run. You tell these donors who are wallowing. In this. Uh, time to move on. Let's go. And am I supposed to interpret that comment about the vice president, that if for some reason the president chose not to run at this point, well, that's the everybody rallies that, around her? And it's the Biden-Harris administration. Maybe I'm a little old-fashioned. Maybe I'm a little old-fashioned about well, yeah, presidents and vice presidents. I was a lieutenant governor.
0: Good answer, Gavin.
1: Subjective.
0: You know, good answer. Don't get them too, like, worried about you. Because if they're too worried about you, you might start seeing some stuff come out. Yeah, that might be the reason why all of a sudden, have you noticed, like, there was that David Garum book that, that suddenly now resurfaced with these allegations that Obama had homosexual fantasies, like, that all of a sudden is getting some play? And then you see there's that Larry Sinclair thing. that Tucker did a big interview with him, and he's being quite explicit in some of the things that he said he and Obama did. And you got to say, like, why is it happening now? Why? I mean, I'm sure, you know, Tucker was interested in covering it, but all of a sudden, like, this stuff is coming out. And why now? Could it be because Michelle Obama wants to run for president in 2024, and they are absolutely positively worried, some of them, like in the Biden camp and in the Kamala Harris camp and maybe even in the Gavin Newsom camp, that she might just be able to pull it off. The guy who wrote this book, Michelle Obama 2024, he wrote this in 2022 predicting that she would indeed run in 2024. Here he is on with Stinchfield just yesterday explaining his rationale, I want you to hear this and react. And by the way, if, you, if you're watching this live, let me know in the comments or let me know down below. Do you think that Michelle Obama might actually be a contender in 2024? I have a few thoughts on it, but here we go. Uh,
1: the allegations uh, that have come out in the media in the last few weeks really were around for years. David Garrow's book that had the quote where Obama said he makes love to men and his imagination came out several years ago. And of course, Larry Sinclair was uh, from way back in 2008. So the the fact that these are coming to the surface tells you that uh, I think there's something going on in Obama world. And I make the case that I believe that Joe Biden is on his way out. I think that's pretty much the consensus. Nobody really believes he'll be the candidate in 2024 because of health, because of corruption, because of his terrible record. And I make the case in my film and book that Michelle has been pretty much copying Barack Obama's path to the White House. Barack had a voter registration organization in Chicago called Project Vote before he ran for president. Michelle founded something called When We All Vote that's supported by the Soros Group for 26 million bucks. She's been running around the country registering people for several years. Barack wrote two autobiographies, Dreams from My Father and The Audacity of Hope. Sure enough, Michelle wrote two autobiographies, Becoming and... The Light We Carry. They're also on Netflix as as TV specials. And, of course, Barack was the keynote speaker who introduced John Kerry at the 2004 Democrat Convention. Uh, sure enough, Michelle introduced Joe Biden at the 2020 Democrat Convention.
0: In other words, the thinking is Michelle Obama is, is, is just playing the playbook or following the playbook. I, I'm looking at some of your comments. You guys are like, no, please, no, please, no. I'll tell you this. You know what? If they run Michelle Obama, it's like a home run for Donald Trump. I mean, a home run. Do not forget for two seconds. I remember because I was covering the campaign when he ran, and he ran twice. I I ran all Bloomberg's political coverage the year he won in 2012. I was at CBS back uh, first time around in 08. And wow. I mean, (laughs) They had to do everything they could to keep her away. They were like, let's let's hide her in the basement because people really didn't like her. Like they had a visceral reaction to Michelle Obama. I know. I know now she's gone off and, you know, been able to do the speaking circuit and everybody says nice things about her. And she gets a big giant deal with Spotify. That was a total flop because, again, people don't like her. I'm a pretty good judge on these things. I get to you know what Gavin Newsom would be way harder to beat. I know we don't like him. I know he's got horrible policy. I can't even imagine him as president. It would be awful, 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 awful. But he would be harder to beat. Michelle Obama, that's a slam dunk. Like if I if they're going to run Michelle Obama and they're stupid enough to do it and she's an egomaniac enough to want it and to push for it, wow that is a win for Trump. So for all of the those of you that do want Donald Trump to, um, yeah, Grand Slam, Stuart, that's what I meant. Thank you. Grand Slam for Trump. I'm just reading your comments in real time. So for all of, all of those out there that want Trump to win, again, you should be rooting for Kamala or for Michelle. Michelle will not succeed. She will not succeed because she is too polarizing people will see her as a continuation of obama whom they already really don't like because they they were like you know what there was a lot of hope and a lot of optimism when he became president people are like you know what like this is kind of cool you know america for all the things that they say about us you know what we have a black president that's a pretty big deal and and it proves it shows you that you can do anything in this great country that we're not prejudiced or racist i'm not saying that there aren't pockets of it in the country but overall hey We elected him, okay? So it was a moment when America should have have come together. And what did he do? He divided us. He divided us. He divided us. And he used race to divide us. And that is disgusting and unforgivable. And nobody wants to go down that path again, which we, of course, would. So, yeah, Michelle Obama, I'd like to see that happen. You know, I'll tell you a funny story. I used to be represented by the William Morris agency, terrible agency. It's now Endeavor, you know, the guy Ari Emanuel, terrible, terrible experience with them, terrible agent. I, I, I won't bore you with those details. But one of the little interesting things about it is that they, uh, they told me, that the, the guy who was representing me, told me the story about how Michelle came in and met with them all. And the takeaway was this woman does not want to work. She really doesn't want to work hard. She wants everything kind of given to her, but she does not want to work hard at all. So she wasn't a worker. And that was kind of the highlight of what I heard. And so I'm thinking to myself, like, well, why would you want to be president? I mean, like, isn't that like actually some hard work? And then I'm looking at Joe over on the beach, like on vacation every other day hanging out. So maybe it's not hard. Maybe that's like the perfect job for an egomaniac that doesn't want to work. Michelle Obama. I'd love to see that. I really would. Okay. You know who else is running? Um, This is, I guess, because she wants to just continue controlling the narrative, controlling it, controlling it, controlling it. This would be Nancy Pelosi. She's going to be 83. And I want you to see this video because she talks about how wonderful it is. She has these great San Francisco houses behind her and um, I, I don't think they're real. I actually think it's a painting. I think it's, you know, it's like one of those backdrops that you put in right behind you because there's there's no movement. Like, the, the, there's clearly no wind. I used to live in San Francisco. It's a very windy city, which means you'd see some rustling in the trees. I'm going to show it to you. Tell me what you think. But anyway, this woman is going to run again, and it, she has no concept of anything. It's like when she pulled out the the freezer drawer and showed everybody her Talenti or whatever it was haagen fancy ice cream that went for 10 bucks a, a jar about how great the COVID lockdown was. She's sitting there with like 5 million, 6 million dollar homes behind her. I don't know what they are. I mean they may be even more nowadays. Here is Nancy Pelosi ladies and gentlemen doing her first interview on MSNBC of course talking about how great it is she's going to run and this is the first thing she says the first thing she says and notice the backdrop. I feel very exhilarated by the encouragement I had uh, to continue representing my great city of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You have the White House behind you. I have homes in San Francisco behind me, and that is uh, my my strength. And the um, <laughs> uh, needs that tonight. our, our homes? city had right now really From call for me, me to stay another term. I um, had the privilege of representing uh, yeah, yeah. San Francisco. Okay, I'm going to pause it for a second, and let's just look at the homes. Okay, you saw that, right? There's no trees moving, so they're not real homes. I'm pretty darn sure that's a backdrop. This is my, like, TVI looking. But regardless, okay, so they're fake homes behind her. But regardless, she's a strong candidate because she's got these great San Francisco multimillion-dollar homes behind her. It's like saying... I'm a good candidate because I have the money. I have the people with the deep pockets. I represent the money, the money, the money, the money, the money. And I'm going to continue controlling the narrative because I'm going to make sure that I have people that I trust around me there, like my daughter. Because my daughter, which she doesn't tell you this, was the one who shot all the January 6th footage. I mean, just think about it for a second here. All the footage that you saw over and over and over again on the news, that wasn't actually shot by news crews. No, it was shot by Nancy Pelosi's daughter whom she invited, special to come in and document the whole thing so that then they could show it and and, and produce it for all of America. Remember? You may not have realized this, but listen, in some of the initial tapes, here's one on CNN, they're billing it as though it's their exclusive. They get an exclusive bug on the whole thing, pretending it's their own footage. It's Alexandra Pelosi's footage. The woman has her daughter shooting it. They're controlling the narrative. Here we go. Just to jog your memory. scene
2: footage. Are you Yes. Yes, Yes, ma'am. House Speaker
1: Nancy Pelosi shown fleeing the U.S. Capitol as it was under attack on January
0: 6th. The videos captured by her daughter. Alexandra Pelosi, a documentary filmmaker. See the exclusive bug as though it's CNN's because they bought it from Alexander. They made money on it, too. The January 6th select committee who played clips in their hearing Thursday. I mean, come on. You couldn't have gotten a news crew. You didn't you didn't have any buddies over at NBC that you could have called or MSNBC at least to pretend like there was no bias, instead you bring your daughter in, and that's what we go with I, I it's it's just sickening, you guys. it's just you know it's like the layers have been peeled back, and I feel like i I feel disappointed I feel disappointed in all of them. I'm sorry she's too old she's eighty three years old for goodness' sakes. Biden is too old. he's eighty one now and 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 an old 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 eighty one they are not able to do the job, period, okay. Just because it's a weekend and we're going into Friday. Have you guys been following the Snow White thing? This is like what you call a hard turn in the news business. Well, um, I have. And there's all these rumors, lots and lots and lots of rumors right now that the Snow White movie might just go away entirely. Because, you know, Disney's having a, a few problems. Bob Iger, he, he's going to get rid of some of his television assets. That's good news for all of us that don't like The View. Because, well, they'll, they'll sell it. And... <laughs> No one's going to pay Whoopi, enjoy what they're making right now to continue on with that whole charade of a show. So they'll be going away. That's the upside. Anyway, Snow White, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. That's not really Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs because you see the Seven Dwarfs are actually six tall people and one dwarf. The small people community, they've been very, very upset about this. So again, all these rumors started surfacing and like a bunch of like Disney sites and stuff that like follow all this day in and day out. They started reporting on how this particular Snow White just is a mess. Like she just keeps stepping in it over and over and over again, like telling us how much she doesn't like Snow White, how much she doesn't like the whole prince charming thing here she is at a red carpet event this tape recently surfaced i mean you know the the original cartoon came out in 1937 and very evidently so um there's a big focus on her love story um with a guy who literally stalks her (laughs) weird weird so we didn't do that this time. So no, so no prince or a different kind of prince? We have a different approach to what I'm sure a lot of people will assume is a love story just because, like, we
3: cast a guy in the movie, right. Andrew Burnap, Great dude. Yeah. Um, it's, just because uh, we cast a guy? One of those things that I think everyone's going to have their assumptions about what it's actually going to be, but uh, it's really not about the love story at all, which is really, really wonderful. And whether or That's not wonderful. love along the way is anybody's
0: guess until 2024. Um all of Andrew's scenes could get cut. Who knows? It's Hollywood, baby. Yeah. Okay. So she's in trouble for this because one, she's like, this and her, her co-host there or whatever you call him or leading man. Um, and, and also people are like, well, if there's no love story, like it's kind of important. Like it's just kind of important overall in life, right? To kind of have a love story. Like what's wrong with growing up wanting to have love, man or woman? Like that, that's how we, it's how we exist. You should want to grow up and have love. It, it, and to to totally, like, diss that, well, it, it's caused this whole uproar, right? So some people were concerned that, you know, she wasn't really Snow White. Whatever, I don't buy that because she's not really Hispanic. She's, she's like, half Eastern European, and she's from Colombia or something. And it, I, I just, you know, whatever. They, she she works the Hispanic thing because that's how she got the role in West Side Story, okay? So it, it's, like, working for her, I, I bet you anything I speak— more fluent Spanish than her. I mean, I, I don't, I, I saw her in the movie. She was able to do the accent enough, but you know, I don't buy the whole like, okay. So that, leave that aside for a second, regardless of whether she's snow white enough. The dwarfs, they're a problem. And then you couple that in. And then you add in Bob Iger's concerns about the company and they've been spending so much money on this movie. And so then you add in the rumor mill and the rumor mill is like, okay, it's going away because nobody's going to want to see this. I'm going to set the record straight on that. I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen because they've already paid this money, right? And you get Gal Gadot and you get this girl and you get all this publicity around it. So Snow White will come out. Whether or not it's a success will depend on that storyline. You better have some really good script writers. And you better not trample all over love because you know what? People still like it. People still want to fall in love. And... We wouldn't be here if they didn't. Hey, it's great to see you all. I've been looking at all your comments. you know it is it is kind of overwhelming, Steve. Glad to have you here. Look, I, yeah, Lisa, I agree it, It's a train wreck. It's a train wreck, and they're probably going to lose a lot of money on it. but uh, straight to DVD says Mark, most likely, most likely, anyway, we'll we'll let them we'll let them dig their own grave, shall we say. There's going to be new opportunities for all kinds of new content in this new world. I just hope that I can continue conversing with all of you. If, if you haven't subscribed, do me that favor. Subscribe, 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 because you never know in this environment. I think that this particular administration, gosh, you know, if if we actually saw a Michelle Obama, I don't think it's going to happen. But listen. It's, it's a crazy time, and, and there's a lot of things that I wouldn't think should happen or would ever happen that are happening. They, they keep blowing me away with their ability to try to completely reinvent truth. And the Hunter laptop was just sort of the latest. The, the idea that they put together some kind of plea deal for Hunter Biden, and they tried to, like, just snowball everyone with that one. Thank goodness there was a judge who said, enough. Thank goodness we had whistleblowers out there. Thank goodness somebody leaked that FD1023 memo to Chuck Grassley. We're in a really weird place, America. So definitely keep subscribing. I will see you back here over the weekend. Let's stay in touch. I'm on all the social media platforms. I'll put all of them there for you below so that you can follow me on all these different things. And uh, love, love seeing you guys. Have a great weekend.